friends. This is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place for you to learn more about Him and to grow in your relationship with Him. If you find the podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement, and you will be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Equippers International Podcast. We're studying the book of Romans, and we're in chapter 1. We've made our way about halfway through this chapter, and in the previous episode, we looked at verses 18 through 23. And there we talked about how Paul was discussing the condition of man, and he makes the case for how all of mankind is without any excuse because they have evidence of the knowledge of God, at least through observing the created order. Now, we talked about how this doesn't mean that Paul's saying that people can necessarily come into a saving knowledge of God just by observing creation. But he is making the case that all people, by observing the creation, should at least have a knowledge of God whereby they would give thanks to him and honor him to some degree. And instead, he says, man became futile in his thinking and in his speculations. Something I want to point out before we go on to the rest of this chapter in today's episode, we're not going to get through the whole chapter, but I do want to kind of put it all in context as a unit is that what I believe to be the most important thing that Paul is doing here in these verses is that he is highlighting the process of what I believe the Bible calls idolatry. He's saying that man does not set his affection and his worship naturally on God. Instead, he exchanges or he trades the glory of what he calls the incorruptible God for the image in the form of a corruptible man. He's saying, look, based on creation, based on the things that are evident and based on God's interaction with man on a very natural level. Now, remember, I talked also about Paul's allusions to the children of Israel in this passage as well, specifically how their idolatry manifested itself when Moses was receiving the law from God. The children of Israel were down in the valley under the leadership of Aaron, and they were worshiping around a graven image. So Paul says that man exchanges this glory of the incorruptible God for the form of a corruptible man, and even in the form of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So what Paul's saying here is that in his understanding, man will find a focal point of his worship and his adoration other than God in any way that he possibly can. It's a natural bent. Now, man wasn't created this way. Man was created to give glory to God, and we know that it was through the effects of the fall and through the deception of man on the part of the devil, the serpent, he was called in the Garden of Eden. And he came to Eve and he deceived her. And Adam, as a result, took the fruit and they ate it together. And as a result of this, their whole internal condition was set askew. It was misguided. And it says there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, that when the woman saw the tree, that it was good for food, 
and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it and she ate, and then she gave it also to Adam and he ate. Now they knew very well that God had told them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we don't have time to go into all that and to expound on why God told them that. But let it suffice to say that God set an opportunity before Adam and Eve, whereby because he is a relational God and he created them to stand in a mutual reciprocal relationship with him, a love relationship, he gave them a simple choice. The choice was represented in a command, but it wasn't represented in a way that it was enticing them to disobey God. They had to be lured away by the devil in their thinking. And it was in this process of them being appealed to that the devil was able to twist the truth and was able to cause them to act out in a way that would ultimately manifest in disobedience to God. But we need to be aware that this whole process starts in their thinking. And this is exactly what Paul is saying. It starts through speculations in our minds. It starts through focusing our mental affection and our mental attention in the wrong place. Instead of focusing on God, we focus on ourselves or we focus on something outside of ourselves by which we think we'll receive something that we need. So this is going to be something that Paul hammers in this passage. And the result of this process is something that's going to be very devastating. And we're going to see it as we read through the remaining parts of this chapter in today's episode. So I want us to understand that what Paul is dealing primarily with here, and I think is at the very root of the gospel for Paul, is that man is in a condition whereby he practices openly idolatry. Idolatry is simply misplaced worship. It means that God should be the center of our worship. God, who is our creator, deserves all our adoration. He deserves all our thanksgiving. And that will spring forth in a lifestyle that shows devotion to him and an acknowledgement of who he is. Instead, the fallenness of man, the condition that man finds himself in by which God has to come and rescue him out of is a condition that is bent toward idolatry, toward misguided worship. Now, let's read the remainder of the chapter. It's a bit of a lengthy passage, and I'm not going to make too many more comments, and I'll develop some of it in the next episode. So let's read chapter 1, verses 24 through 32. Therefore, as a result of what I've just described, Paul says, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind 
to do the things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinances of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Wow, what a passage. A couple things might stand out in this passage as I read it. One is Paul's threefold reference to God giving them over. In verse 24, Paul says, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts. And then in verse 26, it says, God gave them over to degrading passions. And in verse 28, it says that God gave them over to a depraved mind. So it's this process in which God acknowledges that man has made his decision and that God is not going to twist man's arm in this free will relationship that he has set up. Just the opposite. He's going to release them into their own path of destruction. That is God's tough love, if you will. He's saying, Look, I'm setting before you an opportunity to be in relationship with me, and I'm making everything evident to you, even through the simple expression of everything I've created, you should at least give me thanks and acknowledge me with honor, but instead you choose to focus your attention, your worship, your idolatrous behavior on something other than me. And so God says, okay, you can have it your way. And three things Paul says happen as a result of human mankind participating in idolatrous worship. One is that their hearts are lustful for something other than God. And two, they have degrading passions and desires for things that are not natural. And three, they have a depraved mind. They don't think properly in their minds. And as a result of this condition and of this posture, man enters into this list of incredibly destructive behavior. And I'm not going to read through it again. Tomorrow we'll just make some comments moving through this passage and wrap up what I believe Paul's getting at. He is pointing out this is the condition that man finds himself in. But this is not where the story is going to end. Paul's going somewhere. And he's making an airtight case by which he can show the righteousness of God being revealed in the gospel, in the good news, so that man can be saved from this condition. And it's such good news to know that we don't have to sit and rot and die in this condition. This is the hope of the gospel. So man can be turned from his idolatry and be saved into a loving relationship of worship toward his creator. And as a result, not be given over and have hearts full of lust and not to be given over 
and have degrading passions raging within his body and not being given over and having a depraved mind in his thinking. So this is not a permanent condition that God wants man to stay in. And this is the hope of the gospel. And this is what Paul is leading up to in this discussion. So right now, it's a pretty bleak picture, but the narrative doesn't stop there. Paul's going to move us through and show us how by God's amazing love and his grace toward mankind, he's given him opportunity to be rescued from this condition and come into a new place, into a new condition of what I'm going to call the new humanity in Christ. And we're going to take that up in future chapters. But this is where the narrative is headed. But right now we're focusing on this condition of man and how desperate man is in this place. And right now in the first chapter of Romans, it's not a pretty picture, but it is the true sad commentary on the condition of man left to his own devices. So I'm going to leave it right here for this episode. It's not a great encouraging episode. It's not one that has a real strong devotional exhortation to it, but it's one that I think nonetheless we need to consider. We need to take time to contemplate and meditate on this sad condition, and it helps us to understand the great grace and purpose of God in Christ Jesus when we understand the full picture of what God has done to bring salvation from these things. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more. 